It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Passion Week. If I can say that, this is the week that we celebrate the, well, we should say the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a very, this is the most holy week we have in all of Christianity. And uh, so we are so grateful at Greek for the Week. We're so thankful for what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And it's a week that I tremendously look forward to as a, as a preacher, as a minister. This this is the week of all weeks, <laughs> and so I'm excited. I, I wanted to come. I wanted to come up with a special Greek for the week for today. And uh, it, we've been. I've been doing Greek for the week for two years, and I think this is now the second the second year we come up with something for for Resurrection Week, Passion Week. Um, but I've been pastoring now for four years, and I've been traveling and preaching as an evangelist for nine, almost ten years. Ten years. Ten years. So I've come up with all kinds of Resurrection, Passion Week services, Good Friday services, but I got something for Greek for the Week today that I've never seen. How about that? That's why I love the Greek. It's always given me something that I just, I've not seen before, and this is a good preaching point. So if you're a pastor, if you're a minister, if you have a ministry, or maybe you're a blogger or something out there, and you want a really good point, stay tuned. I got something great for you. Before we do that, make sure you share this podcast with a friend, give it a five-star review. Tell them Greek for the week. This is where it's live. This is where it's hot. Come on and get with the program here. Now, um, I know that there is some more dynamic preaching out there. I know that there is more uh, stuff that gets right to the heart of life and deals with what you're going through, and we need that type of stuff. But this is an educational podcast, and um, so we try to be educational, give to you something that's still applicable to your life, but but be moderately heady and academic and scholarly. It's the kind of vision behind this. I hope you're enjoying it. If you do, leave comments. Say, hey, I do enjoy Greek for the week. Thanks for thanks for doing it. Okie doke. We're going to go to the tomb of Lazarus this morning. And, or I say, it's like I'm in church this morning. Today, wherever we're at. Maybe it's morning. Whatever. We're going to the tomb of Lazarus today on Greek for the week. Go to John chapter 11. And let's go to verse number, well, let's go up a little bit. Let's go here to verse number 34. Let's do it. Let's go to verse number 34. Uh, well, verse number 33. 33, I promise. Okay, verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping, talking about Mary here, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. Very important word, embryomai. That's the word we're going to be talking about. Embryomai. That's a fun word. He was deeply moved in his spirit, and he was greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Now, if he was deeply moved and if he was greatly troubled, Jesus wouldn't have said, where have you laid him? He probably would have said it more of a command. Where have you laid him? That's probably exactly how this came out. That's the tone behind it. And I've talked about in Bible Hacks that when you do, uh, when you read Scripture, look for ter terms of emotion, deeply moved and greatly troubled. So this isn't, and we're going to talk about deeply moved in a second, but this isn't, you know, Jesus isn't playing games now. He's not having fun. He's, where have you laid him? In other words, that nuance is, show me where he's at. They said to him, Lord, come and see. Then it says, Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse of the whole Bible. Now. This is a great verse, but we're not here to talk about the weeping of Jesus. He was moved. He was sad, saddened by death. 
Okay, this is showing that Jesus can empathize with us. But let's let's not just get tripped up here. I think sometimes when there's this iconic verse in Scripture, it often we see that, and we're, let's go right to this verse. It's kind of like the verse, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. That verse is so iconic. It's, it's on every Hallmark card sometimes. Well, it used to be on Hallmark before Hallmark became completely liberal about everything. But you see it on all the Christian cards, and, and then you forget what else is the Philippians chapter uh, 4 has to say. So let's park Jesus wept for a second because we want to stay with deeply moved. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he open the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Okay, let's keep moving. Oh, look what we see here. Chapter, verse number 38. Look at this. Here we have it again. Then Jesus deeply moved again. Pauline in the Greek. Okay, an adverb meaning again. So we see it twice, two times. The word in rebeomai. That's the first person uh, singular, middle voice. It was a cave and a stone. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus says, take away the stone, and so on and so forth. Now, I taught my Greek students this, is that this word deeply moved is very vague. I mean, this could mean that Jesus was sad. This could mean that Jesus was agitated. It could mean that he was frustrated. It means that... He was a little bit depressed about the whole situation. It could mean that he was frustrated with the whole situation. It could mean that he he was heartbroken about the situation. So when you're dealing with words that sometimes are vague, you should seek to find, kind of crack the vagueness to see if you can narrow, you can narrow that that word down. Now here's what deeply moved means in the Greek. This is a word that perhaps not just perhaps, but does show more of an anger, an anger, and a righteous anger. Now, the way I can prove that is that the way this word historically was used, when you look at, there's sources out there that talk about how the word was used historically, it doesn't just give you the meaning, but puts the word in a variety of contexts that the word was being used at the time. Now, watch how, the, now watch how this one Greek word is going to make the whole entire scenario change. Going to give you a different picture of Christ here. This was the word that was used to describe a horse that was snorting before it went into battle. So it shows an angry, upset, mad horse who probably has his hoof into the ground like he's getting ready to charge, fire in his eyes, and he's getting ready to launch himself into battle. Now, this gives us a completely different picture of what Jesus was feeling right now, and that was righteous indignation at what death had did, had done to his friend, and how it affected all of those people whom Jesus loved. Jesus gets there, he sees Mary, he sees Martha, and they're upset. They've lost their brother. He died. Lazarus was Jesus' friend. He saw how, how he was sad because he saw what death had done to, to Lazarus. If this doesn't give us a picture of how Jesus feels towards fallen creation, I don't know what does. I remember Or Roberts said one time that anger. Uh, a young preacher came to him and said, 
why is it when I pray for the sick? Why is it when I lay hands on the sick? And when I'm doing service, I get so upset and I get so angry. And Or Roberts told that preacher, young man, that is the anger of God against sin, sickness, and death. Don't you ever lose that. And I believe, and I've experienced that sometimes when you're preaching, you're praying for the sick, you're ministering to people when I'm overseas in other countries, and, and you get so angry to see how sin has, and death and sickness has bound people up, how it's brought humanity to this place of, of degradation, and, and, and that's the Holy Spirit emotion toward it. He's angry at death, he's upset with it and what it's done to his creation. Don't think for one second that God isn't moved by death, and he isn't moved by sickness, and he isn't moved by fallen creation. Now look what Jesus did. You see here, the context supports this, because you'll see here in verse number 39, Jesus goes to the cave says, take away the stone. And then you see that later on here in verse number 43, uh, he, he, or verse, verse number 40 says, that I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God. And then you find here later that Jesus says, um, uh, Lazarus, come out, unbind him and let him go. All these commands that Jesus gives after being angry. This doesn't sound like a sad person. This doesn't sound like a person that is uh, depressed, depressed people are, are inward. This sounds like a person who is extre <coughs> extremely angry and they're out there giving commands because they're upset. And so it shows you here the disposition that God has towards those things that bring down creation. And I want you to apply this to your life today. Maybe you're in a, a situation where you feel like God has forgotten about you. But remember, the things that cause you pain cause the Lord pain. The things that cause you the most grief in life. Maybe you're experiencing the death of a loved one. Maybe you're going through a time of bereavement. Maybe that loved one's died a couple years ago and you're still experiencing that. It's important to see that, that the death of that loved one has moved the Lord. That's why 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to the earth because God had been so deeply moved that God loved the world. He sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God was so moved, he sent Jesus to go to the cross to die for us so that he could do something about death. He died on the cross, and he suffered uh, 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 the death of an innocent person, took upon him our sins so that we can believe on him, so that one day you and I can rise with the Lord. He solved death because he was deeply moved by it. Sickness, he solved. He was deeply moved by it. God has compassion on you. And I like this whole deeply moved idea because it wasn't enough for Jesus to weep and cry. He had to do something about it. And I believe when God looked at fallen creation, a new uh, creation was going to fall, it was the anger at it. Part of it was God's anger that came and caused him to come to the earth to die for us. So we celebrate today the resurrection of the Lord, but we also celebrate the fact that Jesus uh, was angry at sin, sickness, and death. And there should be something in us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a righteous indignation and anger in us against the enemies of God. Are you angry at death? Are you angry at sickness? Are you angry at fallen creation and, and what, it's, uh, what sin and death has done? to God's people. See, people are not the problem. Individuals are not the problem. The Bible is very clear that there's a spiritual war. There's a spiritual realm. Sin is personified in Scripture as binding up God's people. And so we launch war on the works of the enemy. 
because Christ is angry at it. And you know something? We share that anger, but that's part of the beauty. Because of that, we also share in the resurrection of the Lord. So today, don't think that God isn't moved by your pain and your hurt. He tremendously is. But you know what? He's done something about it, and that's why we celebrate. I know this is that death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? We have the victory over death, hell, and the grave because Christ did something about our situation. We see that in terms of Lazarus. This was just a sample. Lazarus, uh, uh, John chapter 11, was just a sample of what was to come. Jesus finally, of course, later on went on to die, went into Jerusalem, went on to die for our sins and rose again and proved that if we believe in him, we can have a resurrection and life with him. So he's done something to solve the sin problem. For that, this week we give him praise, glory, and honor. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I want you and your family to have a happy, happy Resurrection Sunday. Eat good, celebrate. This isn't the time to, to count calories. This is the time to celebrate what the Lord has done for us and in our lives. It's a day of celebration. Wear some bright colors to church. Sing happy songs to know that he is alive and he did something about death. God bless you. Have a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.